Welcome to the Noble Consulting Agency podcast, the place where we share ideas and stories, making healing simpler. Today on the podcast, we have Deanne Ray Jensen. Deanne is an inner work and success coach, a clinical hypnotherapist, and a meditation teacher. All right, welcome, Deanne. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're so happy to have you on the podcast. Um, joining us today, I know you guys haven't heard Amy's voice in a while. Um, Amy's in the house. <laughs> hey, everyone. <laughs> All right. So today on this episode, we are going to talk a bit about anxiety. So, Dan, tell us, first of all, like in your opinion and from your experience, what is anxiety? Yes. Yeah. So anxiety, which it actually took me a while to kind of figure it out because at first it's like just a bunch of feelings and, you know, you're feeling nervous or restless and sometimes it's hard to pinpoint, you know, why, why that's happening. Um, sometimes it's obvious, you know, we have, you know, stuff that we're worried about. We know what we're worried about, but that's really what anxiety is, is it's worry. It's, it's worrying about the future and really based on, on past experiences. And it's worry though, that, cause we all worry, we all have worries and it's normal. That's healthy. It's, it's, it's normal to, to have thoughts and to have those things. But when it becomes so much that it's, it's hard to concentrate on other things and it starts to, you know, kind of stop you from doing things that you want to do in life. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, As we discussed before, you know, I guess I wasn't too clear on the role that anxiety plays in, you know, like people's lives and and how it really affects Mm -hmm. someone. Um, And so gaining that understanding of, you know, that really crucial point of it it stops you from living your life. I think that's um, a really important note to take. Yeah, yeah, I like the point also that it can be a bunch of different emotions that are actually, you know, under underneath it all or or what it's contributing to is actually anxiety because, you know, our brains trick us. Oh, you know, maybe we're burnt out. Maybe we're tired. Maybe we're depressed. Maybe we're, you know, not sleeping enough, whatever. But it's like everything feeds back into this one thing that sort of remains nameless until we recognize, until we start to, to talk to other people, until we start to maybe seek some, some help, that sort of thing. Yeah. It, it, it's just sort of this question mark of, well, I just feel a bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. So it must be a bunch of different things. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. So I know that you mentioned before that you were diagnosed at 14. What was that journey like for you going from, you know, feeling all of these different things and feeling like, you know, you were not able to live up to your own expectations, perhaps, um, and then finally having a name for it. 
Yeah, yeah. Because it, it did. It started when I was young. Uh, when I was 14 is when I was diagnosed with anxiety. So, you know, I, I just, I remember, you know, as a teenager, you know, starting to have some of those feelings of intense worry and just also having some physical feelings like, you know, an increased heart rate. And these things would happen, you know, in just my normal day, like I would just all of a sudden start to have that, that feeling of, of dread or that something really bad was going to happen. And, um, I remember being worried. Gosh, I was worried about so much. I was worried about the end of the world. Um, I was worried about people like just being in my house. I was worried about people coming up and and like attacking our house. And it all, you know, it, it kind of started to happen, you know, after some trauma that I experienced um, as a teenager. And it it was hard though because it's like I'm having all these fears about you know, end of the world, all these things that really didn't seem like they were really linked to, to the trauma at the time. But, you know, as time went and on my journey, you know, really finding that there, there were some roots um, that were linked in, in that past, and that trauma. And um, just really, it was really weird because, it seemed unexpected, like we'd be in the store and then there'd be like an intense fear and those physical symptoms. And my parents, you know, they, they were there for me the best that they could, but they were kind of at a loss. Like, oh my gosh, she just, you know, she went through some stuff. Um, and now she's having all these, <laughs> these like kind of like outbursts and, and feelings and, you know, no one really knew really what to do. Um, so I did, they brought me to therapy and I saw a psychiatrist and they prescribed me medications and it, it took a while. Like I got, I had to go through quite a few different medications uh, to find one that, that helped and it, it helped for a little bit, but um, that also, it made me kind of, you know, and, and everyone's experience may be a little bit different with medications. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it made me feel kind of numb and I just, <laughs> I didn't like it. And I even tried doing self-medicating as a teenager with illegal drugs. And, um, but that wasn't the life that I wanted. And, you know, so I did, I got clean and I even said, no, I'm not taking medications. Um, but that anxiety, you know, kept creeping back. Um, so, you know, about that time, I'm like in my early twenties and okay. So I'm like, I'm clean. I'm not doing medications. (laughs) And, but I couldn't, I still was just, I couldn't handle the stress and the anxiety. Um, I'd call in sick to work because, you know, I, I would get so worried about meetings um, that I would, I I would avoid it. I would just call in and I actually lost a few jobs just doing that because, (laughs) and that's where, you know, it's a little debilitating, you know, you want to keep your job, (laughs) but um, yeah. And I would have like panic attacks at work and I would have to, so I was a teacher and I remember one time I had a student that started just misbehaving, like acting out. He started yelling, throwing books and stuff. And it it was, that was a stressful situation. Um, 
Now, you know, with normal like stress levels, you know, I would have been able to handle that, but I had, I, I had to call my principal. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't handle the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah. And even around that time, I would get into so much worry about like my boyfriend cheating on me at the time. I would like check his phone and stuff. I, and that was another thing that I didn't realize that like my past experiences, you know, with relationships were affecting me in this relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just, (laughs) just so stuck in this like automatic thoughts of all this worry. And that's really, you know, anxiety can, can kind of get out of control with those, those spirals of thoughts. And if we don't really take a look at those and, and get to the roots of them. Um, but that's really, um, when I started having all that anxiety again in my twenties, you know, I, I, there's, I was like, okay, I have to do something like this. I can't live like this. I can't, you know, I have to be able to have a job. I have to be able to do things. And, um, so I went back to therapy and got back on medications, but I still, I was like, okay, you know, at the time it was the only way that I knew it was, you know, it helped in the past and it was better than, than having the panic attacks, than calling it out from work, you know? So, um, so I did, I got back on medications, but I knew that there had to be a better way. (laughs) And so I started looking into, other avenues to add into my therapy. I, I joined a meditation group and started learning meditation. And then, you know, really that led me into diving into my spirituality, into yoga, Reiki, all these other um, avenues of healing which really, because in, in, in therapy where I was, it was a lot of, you know, working on the mind and it was really helpful, but there was that missing aspect of, of my spirit yeah. and that those other healing modalities really provided. Yeah. Um, so taking, adding those into my therapy and the medication, um, and then also, you know, really taking that holistic approach, you know, taking care of your mind. Mm-hmm. your spirit and also your body. I, I, I was a caffeine addict and that was one thing that was intensifying, um, the anxiety. And now I still drink caffeine, like coffee and stuff sometimes, but I, I watch it <laughs> and sleep, you know, making sure that, you know, you, you, you have good sleep hygiene, that mm-hmm. you're taking care of that. And just having, bringing all those different aspects into having a holistic approach, um, I mean, I was told that I may always need the medication, right? Mm-hmm. but I've been off it for 14 years. <laughs> and um, I mean, and there is, there is in a sense, I mean, anxiety is something that I feel like I will probably always live with because it's natural. It's a natural reaction to stress, to those trauma experiences that we have, to illness and, um, you know, so it still pops up here and there sometimes when certain things are going on in my life, but it, you know, and some of us are just more sensitive to it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about having the tools about, you know, having the healing tools, the de-stressing tools about keeping up with, with those practices and that Mm self-care 
is what keeps it <laughs> kind of at bay, keeps it yeah. so that it doesn't make it so that it stops you from doing things. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been able to start my business and, you know, do things like this, a podcast. I mean, this would have scared <laughs> me so much <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a really good point. Um, and of course, in our, our chats beforehand, I did share with you that the the all-around approach that you mentioned you know the mind body and spirit approach um is so important as you highlighted and my experience as I was sharing before um with you in a previous conversation uh that I didn't actually realize was a thing (laughs) was that um growing up in the ashram And, you know, having that exposure to, you know, meditation, yoga, all of these different things to help regulate your nervous system and all of these different processes within your body that that essentially anxiety was never a thing for me growing Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. And so that was why, you know, like this conversation was so important to have one to understand, but also as I went through that rebellious stage in my life Mm -hmm. and distanced myself for a while from yoga, meditation, all those different things, I had started to actually have panic attacks Mm. and anxiety is something that does run in my family in terms of, you know, uh, there's so many people that I can pinpoint who have issues with, with anxiety and regulating themselves. And that was something that I didn't realize was, you know, anxiety or a response. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I finally identified that it was a panic attack, like I, I was like, but I don't have anxiety. I don't suffer from it. And so in the conversation that we had um, prior to this one, Mm -hmm. you know, that was a really big realization too of, wow, you know, having that holistic approach beforehand as well really helped maybe navigate, helped me navigate life without having panic attacks or experiencing a lot of the stuff that people do experience. Um, So from both sides, like we get to see, of course, the before where it's like, you know, you went through all of this stuff and you had to kind of find your way. And then also like me coming in from the other side where it's like, okay, well, I I was gifted all of this, this experience um, and all of these tools to, to navigate this without even knowing that it might've been an issue for me. (laughs) You know, I think that's really amazing and magical. And I think it definitely does speak to this, this mind, spirit, body approach that you've mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I resonate with what you said with regards to being told that you would always have to be on a medication. Um, When I was about 20 years old, I was told the same thing for antidepressants um, and other medications that went with it to help support it because that, that's sort of something that happens, right? They start you on one and then they you have to add on others to, to support the main one. Mm. Um, and I had this psychiatrist look at me at 20 years old and tell me, yeah, you'd be on these for the rest of your life. And that scared the crap out of me because I don't even like taking multivitamins in the form of pills. You know, I, I'm not a pill person. Yeah. And that's not to say that there isn't value in them. And, and you know, I never take, a pan at all if I have to or whatever but it's like I just knew that I didn't want that for myself yeah you know and it does scare you a little bit into being like there must be another way yeah you know there must be something else and a second point to something else you were saying was 
you know, I remember when I was about 18, I broke out in hives. I was trying to figure out what what I was supposed to do with the rest of my life. And, you know, at 18, they, they like to pressure us. You know, you got to know what you're going to do with the rest of your life at, at 18, uh, whether it's college or, or um, a skill or, you know, a business or whatever it is. You, you got to figure it out for some magical reason. They tell us this at 18, right? Um, yeah. Or about 16, 17 uh, in North America. And, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm, I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And it was like weeks and weeks of this panic. And I guess, you know, I was raised by a single mother, a single Caribbean mother, you know, and so she's, she's pretty tough um, and tough on me. And so it was like, anxiety was not a thing that I could resonate with, that I was really allowed to resonate with, mm, yeah. you know? So it was, I broke out in hives, that's allergies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you, you take you take some some allergy meds to that and you deal with yeah. it. You can't sleep because you're worried about something. It's because you're not trying to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it's like the symptoms were being attacked, but the underlying thing wasn't even being allowed to be seen. Yeah. Because it's like, well, shake that off, toughen up. You know, what do you mean you're worried about your future? Yeah. Straighten up and, and come on, yeah. you know, do something. And so, uh, again, from, from that Caribbean being raised as, as a Caribbean, and then we were in Canada, so it was Caribbean immigrant, you know, trying to set their child up for this yeah. life in Canada. It's like, yeah, you can't, you, you can't be... Yeah. Anxious. you gotta be more canadian than the canadians yeah 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 you gotta have your your shit in order like right the second yeah that's the way it's gotta be and so anxiety is not an option yeah try again you yeah. know and so it was like not even recognizing for for a decade since then mm-hmm. not even allowing myself to spot anxiety or anxious behaviors right. in myself you know yeah to being almost 30 now and and bucking up against it every now and then right and not even having the vocabulary because I haven't been self-aware yeah we're not taught that you know we we definitely find a lot in the Caribbean that parents like Caribbean parents are really really hard on you with regard to like you're not allowed to have any issues, yeah, even yeah. even outright like health issues. You know, it's like they deny the existence the of, and, of all yeah, of these yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know, you know, I can't speak for anyone else. I, I'm, I'm hoping that this is not the experience anywhere else, <laughs> but I don't know if that's something that resonates with you, Deanne. But, um, you know, even as an individual, um, even if you didn't, you know, grow up with a strong caribbean or or i mean other cultural yeah um background where it is your parents were hard hard on you we all also internalize all of this stuff on our own too and we're hard on ourselves you wanted to say something sorry oh no i was just gonna say that um you know luckily my parents were open my father had mental illness And that was one thing that scared me too. I saw my dad and when I was going to be, you know, going down that same path and being on the medication, kind of Amy, how you were talking about, like kind of being scared into finding that that better way. Um, But it is a stigma, I think, that is still attached to a lot of cultures and a lot of people is that 
reaching out for help or admitting or even looking and having that self-awareness because Amy, like you're saying, like, yeah, we all have worries. Yeah. Oh, we'll just sleep and just sleep better, you know? And it's, it's, it's just really kind of bringing that awareness in. And I feel like us as, you know, newer generations who are, you know, becoming more self-aware and realizing these things, um, to speak about it like we are now yeah because I think that's so important you know because um yeah you might not know that you're experiencing anxiety those the symptoms might seem like something else hives like yes it could be an allergy but I have seen that numerous times with clients with anxiety because of the chemicals that are produced in your body when you're under stress, when you're under anxiety. And if you don't have ways to de-stress and kind of neutralize those chemicals, they're going to manifest in Um, physical ways. When I was writing my exams to head into university um, around that time, so that was about 17, 18, I had really bad eczema and they did not want to link it to stress because again like you're too young like they all say like you're too young to have stress (laughs) you know you're not you're not allowed to be stressed about anything I've heard that (laughs) it was horrible it was it was absolutely horrible you know I mean not to get too graphic but eczema is is something that like it's it's itchy and so when you do itch it and when the (laughs) stress hits you do itch it and you know you can bleed Mm -hmm. Um, and that was I had so much broken skin all over my body I still have scars from it to tell you how bad it was Um, and so we're having this conversation obviously eventually I knew it was because of stress but it wasn't something that I could verbalize and so Mm -hmm. we're having this conversation now and I'm like yeah so many people do suffer from things like eczema and it is triggered by stress yeah at least one of the things of course it can also be a dietary um, issue that's going on but stress is a major contributor Yeah. yeah yeah you know and since then since being around 18 years old I I have become a lot more self-aware so the itchy the itching starts and it's like oh you gotta relax you gotta go ground you gotta meditate you gotta wear you on your energy practices or or whatever it is you know um how's your water intake and it's like that internal check engine light comes on and 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 you start to do the checks you know but it it really does start with that self-awareness yeah and and the permission to even allow it be anxiety yes you know Uh, because you can start to dig internally and you just keep writing it off well just not project at work or it's Mm -hmm. you know it's just this guy or just that family member it's just you know I I traveled last week that was you know or it was hot today blah Mm -hmm. blah blah, you know and so we we being our own internal experts then in that way where we go through the checklist and and sort of check in with ourselves up. Okay, where am I at? What's happening here? You know, how am I feeling in my body? Whatever it is, um, allowing it even to be anxiety, allowing the conclusion to be yeah. worry and stress yeah. to give it give deal. it a name. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Absolutely right. Absolutely yeah. right. Um, so you had mentioned caffeine as being you know one of the foods that sort of like stirs that up um do you have any others 
off the top of your head or any other things that you think um, could be adding to, to that anxious response within people that maybe we can look out for? Yeah, yeah. Well, caffeine is probably the biggest, you know, the biggest <laughs> culprit yeah. in, in stress and anxiety. But this is also where like the holistic approach really is important to, you know, if you think that you might have a food allergy, um, even an allergy to gluten, um, anything like that, and you're still taking it in causes stress in our body causes reactions. And so, you know, illnesses or anything physical, you know, going on in our body that just adds to the stress, um, you know, is somewhere to look at. So I would really, you know, to, to, you know, okay, like how much caffeine am I taking in if you're having a lot of stress and not saying that you eat no caffeine, but you know, maybe a little less or, you know, looking at that. And then, you know, maybe if you might think that you have a food allergy, getting, just getting tested for that and, you know, checking in with your doctor and, and, and just, finding out (laughs) yeah 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 and sorry yeah i I was just gonna say you know i like that approach of finding a happy median for yourself yeah and not saying well you're stressed and you're having a lot of caffeine therefore you can't have any caffeine right because trying to go from one extreme to another extreme is going to generate a lot of stress as well yeah and it's going to compound the issue and then what what that really does is make us find another clutch Mm -hmm. we don't actually find a solution or we don't actually you know come out the other side we just shift gears and find another another um negative thing so i'll try to yeah 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 you know, and in a, in a negative way. So we we let's just say we're talking about caffeine. You know, so you drink ten cups of coffee a day, and you tell yourself, okay, from tomorrow I can't have any. You know, there's some, yeah, yeah. Apart from the physical, I love how you laugh. Like you're like I've done that. I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, apart from like the physical withdrawal, the headaches, the the you know the physical stuff that that's going to take place. It's like you're gonna find something to replace that with real quick, whether it's you know shopping or or something else, some some other food or drink or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You're gonna find something to replace that with real quick, and and then you're in a worse situation, you know, or yeah. or in the same situation, just parallel to yeah. the caffeine, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. So yeah. I like, oh yeah. I like that approach of like yeah, you don't need to just cut it you just need to recognize what's a healthy amount for you. Mm -hmm. And I just start it by awareness, like just tuning in, checking in with my body. uh, And especially, and like, I just noticed like after caffeine and I just started by just cutting myself off like a little bit earlier in the day. So I wasn't, I could fall asleep easier, you know, at night. So it's just, yeah, being gentle and having that awareness and, and it is like, if you were to go cold Turkey, you'd probably cause more stress on yourself. Yeah. And there's so many things too, like, um, you know, that taking that holistic approach, like if you're doing things to distress, like, you know, the meditation, um, you could journal, if you're exercising, going outside, like mm-hmm. all those things, um, to distress, you know, the, the, the caffeine 
isn't as doesn't intensify as much you know like everything's okay in moderation we yeah. just gotta yeah you know, take care of ourselves and I think that was an important thing about like Sam when you were talking about the meditation and that when you stopped how you had you experience some anxiety and, and the panic attacks and I just think that it's just so important to have stuff to distress because there's so much going on in the world and then you add personal stuff that's going on if we're not having a regular practice or of taking care of ourselves of just doing that stuff like journaling it all out or getting outside and breathing the air and and doing the meditation and yoga practices I mean it all it's it's definitely different depending on the person what really works for them but having those types of of things in your life yeah 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 I I do want to jump in with a quick story as well um and I think I shared this story with you before uh so we have entrance examinations to go from primary school to secondary school and so like the grade five grade six yes level yeah um and so I was narrowing those examination dates and my scores in the pre-tests were horrible um, and from the looks of it, I wasn't even going to make it into, you know, secondary school or past grade five. Um, and I was so adamant with my father. I said, you know, I really love swimming. I want to swim. I need and we had the opportunity to take Friday evening swim lessons. And at like, I think I was like nine or 10 at that time. And at nine or 10, I just knew this is something that I needed to do for myself. And my mom was very like, okay, well, it's books. Like you have to be buried in your books. You can't have any time off for swimming or anything like this. And thankfully my dad said, okay, well, if you promise to, you know, push with your studies and and do your best, you can have your Friday swim lessons. And my grades went from failing to literally passing for, and we have like different choices. Um, So for my second choice school, so I went from like, not even being sure if I was going to get into a secondary school or past grade five to my second choice, which was huge. And that, and the only shift that took place was I went to Friday evening swim lessons. (laughs) Why? Oh, that is wonderful. I mean, I mean, I think that's just really important that you swimming was was like an outlet for you. It it was fun. And it was it helped distress you. And I think it's just so important. Even, you know, young kids, like allowing them to have their things too. And and so that, that story reminded me of what you were saying with regard to the balance. Really, what it is is like, okay, so if you're not cutting out caffeine, or at least this is how I'm internalizing it, if you're not cutting out the thing that's causing it or, or, or <laughs> contributing, contributing um, I should say, right, maybe you, you offset some of it with mm-hmm. something else. So maybe you can have some caffeine and then you take part in some other something that helps that balance, mm-hmm. like for mm-hmm. you to regain that balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it's also, it's, I think it's important to kind of note that like with anxiety, that there are a lot of different things. So, you know, 
trauma, stress, illness, not getting enough sleep, Mm -hmm. you know, all these different things. And so that's why it's important to, to, to do different things, (laughs) to to have that, you know, to look at, okay, like not just the caffeine, but also looking at sleep and looking at, you know, your, your self-care and really, um, you know, and the, and the healing too, if you have trauma and doing that healing work. Yeah. 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 So you were sharing a bit before, um, in a previous conversation, I do want to kind of bring this in here, um, with regard to your line of work, how do you assist clients with anxiety who are, who are dealing with anxiety? Yeah. So it's really, two-pronged for me like with the work that I do because a lot you know I teach meditation and also breath work and a lot of those distressing and just really sacred self-care practices that keep that are like upkeep it's upkeep for us to Yeah. yeah it's not something like you just do meditation or breath work or you know you're swimming whatever it is you don't just do it when you're feeling stressed like it's something that you're always doing to maintain that level of clarity of 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 peace right yeah and then there's also the other so there's like the distressing but then there's also the prong of healing and healing the roots um because we really like in the beginning anxiety you know is really worry and worrying about the future and it's based we're worried because it's based off of past like Mm -hmm. past stories or beliefs that we have in our subconscious yes so really I do a lot of hypnosis and inner child healing really going and finding the roots and the causes and going and healing that trauma um in those in those ways through through hypnosis is is the biggest way and one of the most effective ways that I've you know brought into my business to because sometimes we don't even know what the anxiety what the root of the anxiety is or it could be that we had some trauma but we don't remember it or it wasn't like big a big trauma Mm -hmm. so we don't classify it as trauma yeah but it's something that that did cause a root and cause us to start to have this worry and um, that's that we start worrying about, you know, it's going to happen again. It's, yeah. it's going to yeah. happen again. Yeah. And, and we'll do anything not to have the same experience again. Yeah. So it can be rooted, you know, in childhood. So that's one of the reasons that I've brought the hypnosis into my practice is because it does allow us to find those, those roots and do that, that healing work. So yeah, it's kind of two pronged with like healing the roots, finding, even finding and healing the roots and then just having that, that sacred self care in your life. Yeah. 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 Um, You, you mentioned something very important there that I think I just want to bring more to the forefront. Mm -hmm. And that is that, you know, essentially your trauma doesn't have to be huge or big in order for it to have an impact on Mm -hmm. you. And I think that a lot of people, um, even myself, I'm sure you have as well, Amy, and you too, Deanne, where it's like, we're, we minimize the, the significance of 
some of the things that happen that occur in our lives mm-hmm. um and i think talking about this topic and then drawing reference to that that even what we may deem as the smallest thing mm-hmm. could be something that sets the the whole thing in motion for us to you know suffer from a lot of these um issues or illnesses or mm-hmm. or you know sometimes debilitating circumstances yeah. um that that create as you mentioned like create these ripples in our lives where it's like you know we can't hold on to a job mm-hmm. or or we we're afraid to show up in our businesses or we're mm-hmm. afraid to just do what we want to do and and yeah it's sometimes just these small what we think are small occurrences yeah yeah yeah, yeah. something as simple as a kid in grade school laughing at you could stop you from putting yourself out there in your business years later. And you didn't, you don't even really realize it. Yeah. 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 You know, you know, sometimes we minimize, but sometimes it's minimized for us. That's true. You know, with your example of, of the child laughing at you in grade school, it's like, yeah, you know, maybe you come home and you tell that story, or maybe you tell that story to an authority figure at school and they say, oh, well, that's fine. You're fine. You're a big girl, you know, yeah. and, you know, sort of pull yourselves up by bootstraps mm-hmm. and, and keep going. You know, yeah. you're a big girl. You're fine. And, you know, it wasn't a physical hurt. And that's a big thing in our, our society, right? Once it's yeah. not physical, it's not real, real hurt, right? Um, that's something that that is portrayed. And so, yeah, incrementally, it's like that compound interest of, of stressors and trauma yeah you know and it could be unrelated as well so the kid laughs at you at school and then you come home and maybe you get yelled at for forgetting to close the fridge door in time and so it's like you got laughed at and yelled at in the same day yeah and so now it's compounding so it's not even the same thing it's not even in line with the same thing so your brain isn't registering it as the same thing but the the side effect of not wanting to put yourself out there, yeah. So you're not yelled at or laughed at, is is what happens, yeah. Right, and so it's really difficult for us now as an individual by ourselves to sit down and root back and find it because it's so it's it can be so complex, and our brain yeah. has already shoved it to the back of the closet and been like, no, nah, that's fine. That's not, yeah. that's not affecting anything. It's fine. Yes. Yeah. And I think yeah. what happens is like you, you're having those things happen. So someone laughs at you or and then you yeah. get yelled at at home. You're having a thought, a repeated thought. Maybe I'm not good enough or, right. you know, and so then that is what gets yeah. on repeat when right. you're having those experiences and that gets rooted into you as a belief yeah. in your subconscious. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, so, yeah, I love that. And that's why, you know, sometimes you need that third party, mm-hmm. the person who's going to come in and not be emotionally attached to anything that's found, that's going to come in and be like, look around with the flashlight and in, in right? the that's what I was thinking. Of, of your, of your <laughs> you know, energy field and your soul and that sort of thing and be like, oh, well, this happened mm-hmm. or, or this is the belief or this is what's happening here yeah. or this is the, the, the tangled energy that is here that's actually sitting at the core of your anxiety and that's really powerful too because if we have a history of denying our own reality then even when we're faced with it even Mm -hmm. when we can look at it and 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 
put the name to it, we mm-hmm. stop ourselves from doing it. And mm-hmm. so I think that's one of the gifts, gifts that we have as healers um, to be able to present this thing, this, this big, scary monster to the client and, and show them that, first of all, it's okay to look at it in the face mm-hmm. and, and it's okay to work through it. Mm-hmm. because that's something that we have issues with as individuals so you're right like yeah. having that third party to to really like kind of guide you through and hold your hand for that you know scary moment yeah. um is really helpful yeah 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 because yeah, it can it can be hard it just sometimes feels like a bunch of feelings and like I liked your little like a flashlight we kind of come in and oh. can shine some light um because really our thoughts are so automatic. We have so many of them. It can be so hard to even know what's going on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're yeah. right. You're yeah. right. And you know, and it can take decades when we're trying to do it by ourselves. And so not to say that we can't do it by ourselves, but why? <laughs> why do it by yourself um, when you don't have to? Yeah. You know, you can really expedite um, the problem solving and thus the healing yeah by simply seeking the right help yeah you know so for anyone listening i do want to um listening and of course dealing with anxiety i want to bring the the conversation just back to a few simple suggestions or recommendations for how someone can start to navigate and heal themselves even before Um, taking the step towards a healer because sometimes that in itself can be scary because you're not ready to face it or maybe it's a financial thing and you have the belief that you know you can't spend this money on yourself so for anyone at home who's just dealing with anxiety and they want some tips and some guidance um, the floor is open for for you to share so Deanne if you want to start yeah I would say to really start some self-care practice, whether it be meditation, journaling at night or in the morning or both, whatever, you know, um, going outside on hikes, being in nature, you know, whatever, adding, adding some of that into your life. And I, I do want to, um, give the people listening a meditation that they could start with mm-hmm. something it it I get it's a mindfulness meditation so it's good for beginners or experienced meditators mm-hmm. but it's really the type of meditation that can help neutralize those those chemicals and the type of meditation that if we do it you know on a consistent basis um, ideally daily, um, can really de-stress us and, and, and leave us, um, our cups, you know, a little, a little less full. Cause I always think of it like stress, like we have a cup or we are a cup and we get, we have things that happen in our life that add stress, it adds mm-hmm. like water to the cup right. and till, you know, if we have so much going on or so much in our head, so much stress, we, overflow right Mm -hmm. so we want to keep the stress down like keep the water down yeah which a practice like meditation can help so if anyone wants to try it i do that that will um be in the podcast notes um 
but that would be a huge place to start is just taking mm-hmm. care of yourself a little bit. Um, and then ha- and then just journaling was a huge thing that helped me because we are the, the worry, the, the fear, there's a thought, there's a belief behind it. Yeah. And it can be hard to pinpoint that. So being able to actually write out and journal, like what's on your mind, what's worrying you, you can see patterns and you can maybe start to see, oh, I'm not feeling like I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, you know, this repeated belief or patterns that could be a belief that I have. Yeah. Um, and it's also just a way to get it out and get the stress out. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. You know, I would say I, I love journaling. I'm a big advocate for journaling and and anything writing based Um, and it's you know it it feeds into us as little kids not being listened to and not being heard and so as adults now giving ourselves that space to be heard and to have a voice um, journaling is really powerful for that Mm -hmm. as well I would say something that's helped me personally when I am feeling a little stressed and, and stressed to the point where I'm sort of stuck where I know I have this long list of stuff that needs to be done, but I, I just can't start. I go outside and I just lay in the grass. And if you're not somewhere where you can do that, um, just laying on the floor in your house. And so to me, my experience was there was like an energy exchange that sort of happened where I can feel the stress sort of leaving my body, mm. you know, and and that rich mother earth love energy just sort of replacing it mm-hmm. you know yes. and it was like 20 minutes on the warm earth and and that was it yeah. you know and yeah. so and and like no phone no devices right that's a big one you just gotta unplug get out there and it doesn't have to be 20 minutes right yeah. it could be five it could be ten um and just for for as many days as as you feel that yeah. you need yes. you know and another thing would be like water yeah having enough water and so again keeping the energy in your body moving right mm-hmm. so allowing yourself to be flushed out allow it because as you were saying earlier stress creates that um chemical reactions within the body and so water helps flush that out to a certain degree and 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 it does help the energy in our bodies move as well. So yeah, and and what I would add is, um, typically when you're dealing with anxiety, but let's just categorize it as stress for a minute. When you're dealing with a lot of stress, we can get really heady, like yeah. like really in our our minds, and it can start racing. Um, I've had moments where you know I just feel dizzy because so much is going on in my head, and so bringing your attention to your body is also a practice that has helped me over time. Um, So, you know, whether it's dancing or yoga or walking or, or anything that just brings your attention to what are you physically doing right now? And you can make it fun too. So we talked about swimming, um, dancing, you know, anything, anything. If you have a friend, you know, um, and you want to go play a round of, tennis or badminton you know pillow fights are nice (laughs) anything anything to just sort of get you out of your head into your body and into the present moment Mm -hmm. yeah I think that helps too 
Yeah. yeah. And that helps move the energy too. Like how Amy was talking, like when you get on the ground and you can feel it, yeah. you can yeah. kind of feel mother earth kind of taking some, mm-hmm. there's actual scientific like exchange of ions that happens yeah. with your body. Yeah. And so, yeah, grounding in nature, moving that, yeah, moving that energy. I love it. And yeah, I love how Amy, our, um, Sam, you also said bringing yourself like to the present moment because I think that's also important is to realize or bring yourself back to that present moment because anxiety is a time travel. It's worrying about the future. It's, you know, so bringing yourself, Hey, you know, what's happening right now, you know, and, and um, kind of, I like to like tune into my senses, like, okay, like, what am I feeling? What am I seeing? What am I smelling? And just kind of bring myself, you know, to here. I like that. Mm. That's a nice one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so any, anything else, any last tips that we have for anyone listening or we got, we got it covered. I would say reach out. Like don't be afraid to reach out because, you know, again, trying to have that conversation within your head of like, well, what is this? Why am I stressed? Why am I, you know, and it, it sort of feels like a bumping up against a wall um internally and externally in certain ways and so having a conversation mm-hmm. you know joining a community um like nc's online community um of like-minded people or of holistic centered holistic minded people yeah. um because by just sharing an experience of you know this thing happened to me today somebody who has the experience whether they're a practicing um energy healer or not right once we have these experiences we learn to to see Mm -hmm. right and we can help each other by listening to each other's stories we can help each other and go hey you know i had a similar experience pretty much what we did in this podcast yeah that that was actually that was actually this thing you know maybe you want to talk to somebody about that yeah and so like sharing your story more and getting out there and saying you know i have this experience and this is how it made me feel like yeah that's it (laughs) you know yeah and like allowing others to be like oh I had an experience and it made me feel like this and I actually was told xyz yeah and I was actually helped like this Mm -hmm. you know that's really powerful so yeah like creating that space to Mm -hmm. share yeah yeah awesome I agree reach out share talk to your friends yeah don't keep it yeah Yeah. don't keep it inside it's not I think that you know we do kind of get like, oh, I shouldn't be experiencing this. Yeah, but right. the truth is that like a lot of us are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. you're right. You're right. So for everyone and anyone listening, um, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, as mentioned, we will link Deanne's meditation into the description of this podcast episode you guys can feel free to reach out to her we will also tag her on there um thank you so much for tuning in yes thank you and thank you for having me it was a joy i hope that the podcast helps somebody yeah